This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're celebrating terrific starts to the season for the field hockey and volleyball teams. They have a combined record of 10-1 so far this year. Plus, head coach Malik Hall looks back on the football team's close contest with Amherst and the cross-country teams shined at the Bates Invitational. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's soccer team broke in the new grass on Russell Street Field with a 2-0 win over the University of New England on Tuesday. Sophomore Owen Kelleher scored the eventual game-winning goal, and he knows how much the renovations mean to the soccer program. It's great. Um, like Coach was just saying in our post-game talk, um, I think a lot, of, a lot of donors, a lot of parents think that there's some, some big things coming for Bates soccer, so this is kind of just one way to show it. Um, so it's, yeah, we're fortunate to have it. After falling at Connecticut College 1-0 on Saturday, the men's soccer team is 3-1 and 1-1 in NASCAC play with a big match against Bowdoin on Garcelon Field this Wednesday at 8 p.m. The women's soccer team, coming off a pair of 1-0 losses over the weekend against Connecticut College and the University of New England, will return to Russell Street Field Sunday at 2 o'clock against Southern Maine. After dropping a tight 1-0 game to number 9 nationally ranked Bowdoin on Wednesday, the Bates field hockey team rebounded with a 4-1 victory at Connecticut College on Saturday and a 4-2 win over number 20 Endicott on Sunday. Junior Elsbeth Collo scored a goal at Connecticut College and she tallied the game winning score at Endicott. The field hockey team is 3-1 on the season and 2-1 in NASCAC play. And Elsbeth Collo is our female Bobcat of the week. I'd say that we have a lot of um, talent offensively and defensively. Um, specifically, we're really hungry um, in the circle and we're willing to take shots quick coming off of the midfield um, into the circle and we're getting good tips off, so which is good. As a junior now, what's it like to have a, you know, an even bigger role than you have had the previous seasons? It's awesome to be starting and um, playing a lot more than I've um, had in the past, um, but it's, it's a whole team effort. Um, we're all working hard. Um, definitely a good vibe this season, too, um, which has kind of, I think, helped support the, the wins that we've had so far. When you have a NESCAC game against you know, Con College in this case, the very next day you have a non-conference game, how do you – as a, as a student athlete, adjust with that, and then are you going back to Bates between them, or are you traveling straight to the next site, or how does that work? Right after con, we got on the, the bus and traveled to, um, I think we stayed in Burlington, Mass., okay. um, and we had a nice team dinner, um, a little chill time, a lot of homework was done on the bus and in the hotel, yeah. and um, post-game against Endicott, we were on the bus still grinding away with homework as well, so it doesn't really stop. Certainly, and obviously Endicott, uh, how do you prepare for a team like that when you probably spent the week preparing more for Con because it's a NESCAC opponent? Um, so we knew going into the week that both were going to be um, difficult games. Mm -hmm. um, so we focused strictly on Con at first, um, and then on the bus ride to Endicott, we kind of talked about strategy for them. Um, but pretty much the same kind of game. We were both playing, both games were on field turf, which was kind of an adjustment for us um, oh, because we're used to our Astro. So. Well, as a field hockey player, when it's on field turf versus your home uh, turf there, that's Asher turf, what's the biggest difference? The speed. Uh -huh. um, the field turf is like Garcelon, so um, much slower pace of the ball, and with that, the legs are moving more slow, um, so it's a lot more work. Interesting, interesting. And then you're a two-sport athlete here, so tell us about when you were looking at colleges, were you looking at a place where you could play both field hockey and women's lacrosse, or how did that kind of go? So... Um, I never really thought I'd play field hockey in college. Oh, I was strictly focused on playing lacrosse. Um, and when I stumbled upon Bates, um, I w it was kind of late to the game. I kind of had a messy recruiting process for lacrosse. Um, but I reached out to Danny and I was like, I'd love to try to play field hockey. Um, and she was like, okay, like I, you can, you're invited to uh, preseason and tryouts. Um, and so I worked really hard um, the summer going into my freshman year and fortunately made the team. Um, and and then continued continued on. Well, did, how much did you play in high school? Or? Oh, field hockey. Yeah, I played in yeah. high school, but not club. Like all my club and like extra uh -huh. time went to club lacrosse. Gotcha, gotcha. So when did you start playing field hockey as a kid growing up? Um, probably. So it was soccer up until like the beginning of middle school, I'd say, and mm -hmm. that's when I made the switch over. So fifth grade, and I was like 
I don't know, 10, I don't know, 11, 12. So, you know, when you first started playing field hockey, what was the biggest adjustment coming from having played soccer? Um, well, I was a goalie in soccer. Okay. <laughs> I was really, really bad at soccer, but um, <laughs> it was strictly just like stick skills and mm-hmm. kind of getting used to that because I didn't play co- uh, hockey growing up. So, gotcha. yeah. So what made Bates the place you wanted to come to? I would say the, the community. When you go on college tours, um, everyone's so nice. and But it felt when I walked on campus, it was a genuine, nice feel of the community. And everyone is involved in everything. And everyone says hi to everyone. Um, and I really liked how Commons is the only place to eat because you can see everyone there at all times, which is nice. You always have someone to sit with. Interesting. So comments stood out to you when you were visiting yeah, and stuff? Yeah. That, that was the, so I went to um, a boarding school with the kind of the similar feel where like the dining hall was just the place where people did work, people ate, people socialized. Um, and I kind of wanted that same feel. Great. So what's the experience been like being a two-sport athlete here? Obviously, you're, you're not always in season, but you are in the fall and in the spring. Um, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, and I... Yes, as you say, you're not always in season, but like once field hockey ends, I'm in lacrosse mode and doing preseason and conditioning for that. So it's it's definitely tough, um, and it's definitely an adjustment, but it's fun nonetheless. So the field hockey team off to a three and one stars we touched on, and the one loss was to a nationally ranked Bowen team. It was very close. So the team must have a pretty good confidence right now. It seems like. Yeah, we do have confidence, um, which is good, um, but we also have to stay humble because yeah. we have strong opponents ahead um i think bowden was a loss like that was good um in the beginning of the season just because it kind of we tasted a nice win after hamilton and then we tasted something sour after bowden so it kind of puts things in perspective and what we have to do to work hard to uh, achieve um those goals because i mean bowden we were up there with bowden we controlled a majority of that game so i think it just shows that we are we can be one of the top dogs if we just continue to grind and work hard and both the games this weekend you know the scores are four to one and four to two but mm-hmm. con was up Endicott yeah. came back to tie you after yeah. you were up so yeah. teams showed ability to overcome some adversity there yeah which is really really good yeah. um i think in the past we have once we hit adversity we kind of dip down and kind of lull in our play and i think it it's really good that we're using that as a motivator and um overcoming those obstacles because both of those were huge ones this weekend yeah so academically what are you starting here at Bates um so I am a soch major um and a minor in anthropology and a concentration in Asian studies and so you mentioned doing homework on the bus and stuff that's something you've mastered over the past few years oh yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um yeah you gotta get it done on the bus you have to (laughs) Certainly. What, what, what's some keys you, you know, people ask, how do you balance, you know, academics and athletics? I think um, with the limited amount of free time that you do have, you have to use it wisely. Mm. So, I mean, right after practice, we're all in the, in the library doing yeah. work. We're doing work on the bus. We're, we're getting ahead. We're talking to professors. We're getting extra help when we can. But really, time management is key. Great. So what are some other thoughts on the upcoming, um, the rest of the field hockey season and what you're most looking forward to maybe here as we uh, get deeper into the year? I'm just really excited to continue to be successful. Um, The game I guess I'm most excited for would be probably like Middlebury or Tufts, Mm. some of these tough competitors that we've faced in the past and have kind of given us a run for our money. Um, But I mean, the team energy is great. The vibes are great. It's a lot of fun, and I don't want it to end. It's been awesome. The volleyball team continues to roll. The Bobcats defeated Brandeis 3-1 on Friday and swept a pair of matches on Saturday, improving their record to 7-0 on the young season, the program's best start since 1990. This week, Bates hosts Amherst on Friday and Middlebury on Saturday, getting NASCAC play underway. Junior middle hitter Angel Achipwe ranks fourth in the NASCAC, averaging one block per set. Plus, she's recorded just over two kills per set. And this week, she joined the Bobcast. What a start to the year for the Bates volleyball team. We have Angel Achipwe here with us on the Bobcast. And Angel, I mean, 7-0 and to start the season. Six of those have been 3-0 victories. What's really been clicking, in your opinion, for the team? Um, one big thing I think this year is that we really sped up our offense. That was something that last year, I think, clicked a little bit later in the season. But this year, you can definitely see that we've sped it up right away. And I think that's been very effective for us. And I know I've talked to some of the coaches and players about trying to stay in system. And as, as a middle hitter, you've gotten some more opportunities, it looks like, for kills. That must be nice, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, 
Um, with our passing right now, we've been in system a lot more. Also, we've been running plays out of system as well, which is something we haven't done as much last season. So I think it's awesome that we're starting so early in the season to run these things in and out of system. Um, but yes. And then I, I noticed you're averaging about a block per set right now. And so defensively, how do you kind of practice that, you know, blocking people? I mean, you're blocking your own teammates probably during practice, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Um, I think with our blocking, what's been really effective is the way the middles and our pin hitters are working together. Um, especially over the weekend, you could tell that we've been practicing a lot in our blocking footwork together as like a unit, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, you can tell that we've been practicing that and that our footwork is more in sync now. And that's why I think our blocking has been more effective. And then NETSCAC play coming up this weekend. Excited to finally be home there at Alumni Gym? Yes, finally. <laughs> it's a big NETSCAC weekend. What's the atmosphere like for a NETSCAC home game? I mean, it's going to be very exciting just because it is our first home game. It's our first NETSCAC game and we get to host it at home. So that would be really nice. Um, I also think the team is just really, really rallied up to finally play at home. Yeah. So I'm very excited for it. And then you've had, obviously had some days where you play two matches in one day and basically back-to-back, -back, right? I mean, what's that experience like? Um, honestly, it is a new experience. Um, but I think we've done a good job at, in practice, getting used to kind of playing for longer rallies and then bouncing back and having to play right away again. So in our practices, I think we've been working a lot on kind of staying in shape in order to play those back-to-back -back games. Um, and I think that's really shown in our games and in our matches. You mentioned, you mentioned the offense being sped up this year. I've also noticed a, quite a number of service aces from a variety of players, right? That's must be nice to get those points where you don't have to do anything. Service aces are always a nice thing to have. Um, I think one thing that is translating from last season is especially towards the end of the season we've been practicing a lot on our serving and in off season as well serving has been a big big key and so I think it's all kind of translating to this season and we're seeing the effects of all that practice now which is awesome yeah for sure tell us about your the captains Gabby and Julia <laughs> Gabby and Julia are senior two of our seniors yeah. um, they're awesome. They were our captains last right. year, too, and they've done a great job. I think I love the fact that we have Gabby kind of being in our back row and kind of like always being there talking and then Julia, of course, running the offense. Um, so it's been awesome to have kind of, I would almost say, a defensive captain and then an offensive captain, and I think that's worked very well. For those who don't maybe remember you, you've been on the program before. We talked about how you spent a lot of time in Germany, right, Growing, basically growing up there, right? What was that experience like? Um, yeah, so my family, I grew up in Germany. I live there again now, and I lived in California for a little time. Um, but it was very nice. I really love going back home, but coming to the U.S., it's always a different experience, especially with athletics. Um, college athletics in Germany aren't as big as they are here, so it's always exciting to come back here, play our games, have our home game this weekend, and have people come out and support. So how do you get some you know, off-season training when you're in Germany over the summer and whatnot? Um, so my team actually from when I was still like 12 years old um, back home I still go to their club practices and they always invite me to come back my sisters also play for that team so I'm pretty close with the coaches and some of the players because they used to be my coaches when I was younger um, and so usually when I go back home I like to play with them and practice or maybe even just go and play a little bit of beach volleyball with my friends so yeah. So you have younger sisters on that club team right now? Um, yes, they were on that club oh, team, yeah. two of them, um, but this recent season they changed. Oh, could they be future Bobcats? <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so, yeah, yeah. but I'm not really sure yet because my the middle sister, she's going to be a senior this year, Okay. Yeah. Um, and she's still thinking about whether she wants to stay in Europe or maybe come to the U.S., so. Do they ask you a lot about your experience, you know, in the United States? Yes, they definitely yeah. do, and they also want to come out and visit, see a game, see what it's like. What do you tell them? <laughs> <laughs> I tell them, I mean, they went to a school in the U.S. for a little while, so right. they had the high school experience, okay. but I usually always tell them playing a college sport is a little bit like in the movies, <laughs> because back home we always see American movies, mm. and it's a very big thing, yeah. and the way colleges are portrayed, and so I always tell them just... Just look at those. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Then. It is pretty accurate. Yes. I gotcha. So, um, I noticed um, Sydney Phillips is also having a really good year as sophomore as uh, what outside hitter. Uh, how much do you work with her, kind of? 
Um, so Sydney this season is playing both as an outside and a right side, I okay. believe. Yeah. Um, and she's been killing it. She also, you can tell with her blocking footwork, she's one of the pin hitters I've been working with, yeah. with our uh, blocking transition. And she's done very, very well with her blocks and her swings, of course. And the team has been doing all this with mostly without Taylor Stafford-Smith, one of the key seniors, right? I mean, that must be pretty encouraging knowing she's going to come back pretty soon add even more weapons right yes definitely it's always nice to know that if one of our players gets injured we always have backup players that will that play just as effectively and that are always um also challenging us in practices and things like that and I also think it's just because Taylor was out for a couple of games um she's still been helping for instance Sydney with mm. Um, her footwork or her timing or things like that. So I think it's very important as a team to always support each other no matter if you're on the court or off the court. Well, Angel, last question for you. I mean, just being your junior year, what are, you, what are some of the goals you have in your mind kind of going forward for you and for the team? So being my junior year, it came up pretty quickly. <laughs> so I think one of the key things for me is to stay in the moment and to enjoy this season because it is my second to last already and to enjoy my times with my seniors because they're leaving this semester or this year already. Um, and I think a big key also will be to just continue practicing hard because we're seeing what we've been doing in practice translating into yeah. games. And it's always very rewarding when you can see the hard work you put in um, paying off. So... All right, Angela Chipway, thanks so much. Thank you. The cross-country teams hosted the Bates Invitational on Saturday, welcoming Middlebury, Tufts, Connecticut College, and the University of Southern Maine to Pineland Farms. The Bates men took first place out of five teams, and the women finished second out of four. Senior captain Justin Levine paced the Bobcat men, finishing second among 76 runners. And he is our male Bobcat of the Week. Got male Bobcat of the Week, Justin Levine, with us here on the Bobcast. Bobcats winning the Bates Invitational, and Justin, individually, you got second. Always nice to run on Pineland Farms, right? You know, as a senior, how special was it to help lead the team to victory? Yeah, Pineland Farms, one of our favorite courses, of course. Uh, we train there the most, so we love running there. We, we definitely know the course better than the other teams, so it's a little advantage for us. And it's pretty sweet to, to win on our home course. What were the conditions like on Saturday? So Saturday, it was perfect conditions. It was a little cloudy, um, which, which is great. It wasn't too hot, not too cold, so perfect. Perfect. And then last year, you got a great experience getting to go to NCAA's, running as a team. Uh, you were all New England. What was it like going, though, to nationals and competing against the best of the best? So, yeah, going to nationals was definitely a goal of ours for some years now. And it was great to finally be able to go and compete. Um, the atmosphere was crazy, just tons and tons of runners, uh, all competing at a high level. And we were just happy to be a part of it. What did you learn from the experience, kind of, and you know, hopefully you get back there this year? Yeah, we, we kind of learned what it was like on the big stage. So now maybe next time when we're going there, we'll you know have more of an objective to try to compete with some of the guys up front and really make a name for ourselves. Well, for you, you're one of the captains this year. What's that experience been like so far? So, yeah, being the captain, uh, one of the captains, Ryan Nealis, also is a captain. Um, it's It's been great trying to be one of the leaders of the team, trying to set the example just having some experience being on the team for a couple years now has really given me some some different points that I can lead some of the freshmen in the right direction. What's this year's group like? What's the team dynamic so far? So we have a really close-knit group. Um, I'm super excited. Some of the freshmen are already contributing right away. And, and yeah, our team, the culture is great. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. And the Bates Invitational is a great chance for a lot of people to get involved, right, because you score 10 deep. Yeah, so coach, yeah, coach is big on trying to get everyone involved, and it's a great way that um, that scoring ten deep rather than the typical five allows for everyone to feel like they're they're contributing. They always are contributing because you need the whole team there and all the energy. But but it's a nice way to to show them that you know they truly are impacting the team. For sure. Now, for you personally, you have an interesting background, right? You grew up in Florida, you went to boarding school in Utah, and then you came to Bates. So you've been around the country. What was that process like? Take us back to, you know, when you were looking at colleges and deciding to come to Maine. Yeah, so the last couple of summers, actually, I've still, I've been in Utah, so I okay. trained there. Okay. Um, so that's been great. At altitude, right? At altitude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so getting to work, um, you know, really hard out there has been great. Um, looking at Bates, my dad ran in college for Brandeis. Mm. 
So I, I had known about Bates and we were looking for a place I could get a good education and, and run and Bates was perfect. So. Now on your bio, you're a, you're a neuroscience major. Is that how's that gone? Yeah, neuroscience. It's been very it's been very tough. I'm working on thesis right now, mm. and so I'll be doing that for a full year. Uh, yeah, I've learned a ton. It's definitely been challenging, but I'm glad I, I you know, made made things a little more difficult for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you're one of those guys. Who, you're always in season, right? Yeah, always pretty busy. So it's been definitely. Uh, one of the more challenging things to balance school and running um, but but so far I've done it you know well and you know I hope to continue. So the neuroscience degree what are your some thoughts about post-college I mean I, I know we're only in the fall but obviously I'm sure everyone's thinking about it. Yeah so I'm, I'm definitely thinking of maybe doing some research for a year afterwards mm-hmm. but then looking at grad school either in neuroscience, uh, clinical psych or even forensics. And what interests you about the field? So, yeah, I just, I've always been fascinated. I'm actually partially interested in neurofitness. So kind of looking at different heart rate and different measures um, related to different, more tangible affective factors like um, depression, anxiety, and kind of seeing how different things, you know, we can work to improve the sports and just kind of the well-being of student athletes. Nice. So um, that scientific approach to things, that, that does that come into play when you're out there running on the course? Uh, somewhat. Yeah. I, I actually, as my dad says best, just uh, don't think, just run. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> if you think too much, then, then you make things complicated for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I definitely try to be as well prepared for the races and I definitely remember all the different parts of the course and where I can, you know, optimize my strengths. Sure. What's next for the men's cross-country team here? So we have a we have a couple weeks off. Uh, we're going to be just doing some training and some developing. We we don't race again until the state of Maine's in three weeks. But uh, yeah, we're super excited, and it was a great start to the season so far. I know the Maine state championship. Obviously, that's always a big deal, right? Yeah, we're we're definitely Colby's looking. Uh, we raced. We saw them earlier mm-hmm. this season, and they're looking pretty good. So we've got you know our sights set for of course you know to battle with them and hopefully try to win the three-peat this year which we haven't done in my time okay winning cross-country indoor and outdoor gotcha so. gotcha have you you've got you won cross-country or no yeah yeah i i think we won maybe two years okay. back but there's always been one last piece i think mm. we've won two out of three the last couple right, years right. for those three so. so that's a big obviously goal looking at all three seasons and uh, being the best in the state but you know, what are some other thoughts on, you know, what you're hoping to get out of this senior year running for the Bobcats? Yeah, so our team definitely has some large goals. We're, of course, looking to make it back to nationals. Yeah. Um, trying to get as many guys all region as we did last year. We had three. Uh, and, yeah, I think we have a really competitive team. I think one of the, probably the best team I've been on right now. Mm. Everyone's looking really fit, and we had a great we had a great one to one to five split last reach, which showed our our depth of the team and the strength. So yeah, we're hoping to get another nationals bid and really compete with some of the better teams and give them a run for their money. How has Coach Parashidian helped you develop as a runner through four years? Yeah, Coach Fresh has been awesome. So he um, took me in. I didn't run a ton in high school, and really was smart with his approach in helping me develop. Um, gradually and so far it's paid off great dividends i've gotten significantly better in college and and it's exciting and i i love coach he's awesome <laughs> sounds good justin levine our male bobcat of the week thanks so much thanks Aaron. first year jill richardson led the way for the women's cross country team on saturday finishing eighth out of 87 runners the auburn native joined the bobcast to talk about the team and her transition to college so far talking some women's cross country here on the bobcast with jill richardson uh, you're local from Auburn. What made you want to come to Bates for college? So during the recruiting process, I was talking to coaches and just the correspondence that we had was definitely the best, most personable. And then doing summer tours here, the community that they have and just how kind everybody is definitely stood out. How familiar were you with Bates You know, growing up in Auburn? Um, I guess it's definitely talked about a lot here, but I never really visited a lot, so mm. it was different for me. You were homeschooled up until now. What was that experience like, you know, growing up, you know, learning from your parents? Yeah, 
it was um, really good. All of my siblings, I was the only one that was homeschooled, mm. so I kind of knew how public school worked, mm -hmm. but um, it was a really good experience and I liked it. What's the transition been like coming to college now? You're still near home, but you're, yeah. you're on campus. <laughs> um, I thought, honestly, that it would be like really different, kind of like a shock to me, but it's been a really good transition and I'm loving my classes and yeah. Excellent. So the race there on Saturday at Pineland Farms, uh, you led the way there by finishing eighth. So mm -hmm. what was, what, were you feeling pretty good out there on the course? I heard the conditions were pretty good, ideal, right? Yeah, it was definitely really good. Um, we've been training hard. We go out to Pineland quite a lot, so we know the course, we know the hills. Um, and I've just been really thriving off of having a team. And we run in groups, which just helps, helps us build off of each other. And it was a really great race. How did you first get into running growing up? Um, so my, I had a brother that was quite into running, he did it in college, and I just, I joined like a little running club when I was in like sixth grade, and then from there I went to middle school and tried out for track and cross country. So what schools did you run for? Obviously you weren't attending them, but you were running for them? Yeah, yeah. so Auburn Middle School in seventh grade, mm -hmm. I did cross country and track, and then freshman year of high school, I ran with Edward Little until senior year. Gotcha. So what's been the biggest transition running for Edward Little, running for Bates? The biggest transition I would say is um, having a competitive team. Mm. Uh, I've never really been used to like, I would always kind of run with the boys team, but um, yeah, so I just like being with the rest of the girls and having fun together. What are you learning from some of the um, you know seniors like Olivia, some of the leaders of the team? Yeah, they have a lot of experience. They're so good at... Um, pacing themselves that's definitely something I have to practice on having even you know miles um, they're just really positive and very about like um, team oriented these are longer distances right than you would run in high school or so far it hasn't been okay it's so far right yeah right, right. but we will get some six k's yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm excited for that what's training like and to prepare for those you know six k's um, yeah, some like longer tempo runs and just getting our mileage up. So these next couple weeks since we don't have meets, um, we're building up our mileage, building up the intensity for the Ohio race. Mm. You're looking forward to that, obviously. What was it like on Saturday? You know, we had the uh, Bates-Colby wave races before that, but Saturday you had multiple schools there. What was that experience like? That was so fun. Um, definitely some strong teams there. Tufts had a really strong pack in the mm. front. I just enjoyed getting out there and trying my best to keep up with them. So yeah. Yeah, you mentioned pacing. So were you out in front for the first few miles, or? <laughs> yeah, for I feel like the first mile I was pretty close up to the front, and then you know kind of started some gaps and stuff. So I'm hoping to stay closer. Well, you got eighth, which obviously <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, how, how happy were you with the finish? Yeah, I was I was pretty happy with that. Um, I think. There were a few freshmen from Tufts that were ahead of me, so I'm hoping to keep working and catch up with them. I gotcha. So when you were running in high school with Edward Little, when did you start to think, I want to run in college also? Um, I guess I started really thinking about it like junior year, mm -hmm. um, just knowing that I did want to continue with something that I was passionate about. And then uh, what's Coach Jay like? Uh, what have you learned from her so far? Coach Jay is so amazing, and Coach Art, of course. Yes. Um, they're just such a good duo, and she really tries to, um, you know, be individual for all of us. Like, we all have our own paces and our own ways of running, and she understands that, and um, she just brings us all together. Sounds good. Jill Richardson, thanks so much. Thank you. The golf teams hosted the Bobcat Invitational Saturday at Martindale Country Club. First year, Chloe Baylor led the way for the second straight week for the women, finishing third out of 16 individuals with a two-day score of 166. On the men's side, senior captain Julian Lewin finished in second place out of 23 golfers by shooting rounds of 76 and 78. Just one stroke back of first overall. I think that coming through the end of the tournament, I sort of started to visualize what it looked like maybe being in the driving seat and possibly winning the tournament and walking with our new assistant coach John um, who's actually a volunteer and quite an acclaimed um, professional in Maine actually he was able to give me a lot of good insights going into those last holes and really locking down the mindset um, to make sure that what was happening in my mind transcribed through to my actions in the golf shots. Nice. So, yeah, how's that working? Are you, are you playing with some other people, or are you by yourself? Or So the tournament was four teams, Bates, Bowden, right. Colby, and Husson, and so I played with three other opponents. 
you're not alone out there, and you've got a coach walking with you. And so that's obviously got to be nice. What's it like having Henry Fall as a new head coach this year? Henry's great. He's been um, super inspiring to work with. He's both great at the game and also a great mental coach. And I think that um, it's going to look good for Bates in the next five years, um, even after I graduate, setting up a system in which we're going to be able to recruit players. We're going to be able to show players the you know impact of playing at Bates Golf, whereas beforehand it might have just seemed like a club sport. But now um, we're actually able to compete at this top-tier D3 division. And he's doing a really good job at encouraging the players to um, take seriousness in the game. Right, because he, I mean, he graduated in 2014 from Elm, so he's a recent collegiate golfer who experienced success. That must be a good thing to have. Yeah, definitely. He's been able to share with us his experiences, and I think that that sort of gets us past sort of the um, inspirational um, idea of success, but actually being able to see success and showing us that um, success is nearby. You mentioned that you knew you had a chance to win the tournament. You got second by one stroke. As you're out there on the course, do you have any concept of where you are in terms of, you know, the, the rankings? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I did. It's you're not right, like yeah. the PGA Tour no. out here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think coming through to the last hole, it would have been nice to know that a birdie would have um, been a tie to win um, than a playoff. And so even though I had a birdie putt to tie, I didn't understand the – significance of that putt and so well I did try to make it obviously I think that maybe if I knew that that was for the win I would have maybe put a little bit more emphasis on reading it walking around a little bit more and sort of just visualizing um, that idea of making the putt and going into the final um, hole for a playoff. Sure now this weekend you have the Williams fall invite right what's that tournament normally like? Um, I don't believe I've played in that tournament but I um, it's at Taconic Golf Course. I've heard great things about it, and I've heard it's one of the nicest courses in Mass. So I'm excited to get underway with that, and with some preparation this week, I think we'll be in a good driving seat. Certainly. So yeah, a new a new course. What's your approach on a new course for you personally compared to Martindale, which you've played a ton? So for me, um, through playing in high school and having the opportunity to play many courses um, at Bates through through the golf team. I like to go onto Google Maps and actually look at the course from top down and sort of just get the lay of the land and look online to see if there's any recommendations as to what um, general players say, um, professionals um, in the golf community say. And then with Henry being the new coach, he's really driving the um, idea to understand the course before we get there. And so he's going to continue with us this week to make sure that we have a really good idea of how to perform on this new course for all of us. Great. What's the team dynamic like this year with, um, with Andrew as the captain and whatnot? Um, recently, I was actually upgraded to co-captain. You were? Okay, we'll get that out of the roster. <laughs> so, Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. So it's good. I think that we work really well as a team, and um, both on and off the course. And we're really inspired to work with the players, both in improving their game and then also helping them do well in school because we are here as a D3 golf program. So we're committed to both our education and performing on the course. And so... I think that um, in going forward, especially with the new coach who's helping drive this mentality, we're really going to be able to um, unionize the team both on and off the course, as I, as I mentioned before. Terrific. Now, you mentioned the academic part of it. You've been an academic all-NASCAC selection the past two years. What are you studying here at Bates? So what, are you, what are you majoring in? Uh, I'm majoring in economics, and I'm minoring in Asian studies. So after I graduate, I plan on entering the consulting world. <laughs> Interesting. So econ major, but wasn't your high school uh, in Seattle an arts school? Yeah, actually, <laughs> it was a liberal arts school. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much how I chose Bates. It was mm. a pretty clear segue going coming from a liberal arts school to then transition into another um, liberal arts school. And so while it was um, liberal arts, I did study a lot of sciences and math at that school. Yeah. Great, great. Well, any other thoughts on the season so far and what some of the goals you have in your mind down the stretch here in the fall? And hopefully, you know, obviously you got some tournaments in the spring as well. Yeah, so I think that we have a really, really great group of players, eclectic variety for sure. Some who have played in high school, some who haven't, some who have come from other sports even. And so I think that um, Andrews and my approach going forward is to leverage that sport mentality within the players who might not have been you know, playing amateur golf beforehand, but get that sport mentality out so that they can perform on the course. And golf is a very, very different sport mentally than a lot of other sports. And so we want to sort of engage the players and show them our pro tips for um, being successful on the course, whether it be maintaining you know, 
patience or visualizing your shots and sort of those approaches towards playing well. All right, Julian Lewin, second place at the Bobcat Invitational. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it, Aaron. It's time for the fifth quarter on the Bobcast with head football coach Malik Hall. Bates led Amherst 13-6 at halftime on Saturday thanks to a touchdown pass and a touchdown run from junior quarterback Brendan Costa. But the Mammoths rallied in the second half to defeat the Bobcats 27-13. Four turnovers ended up hurting Bates' chances. Coach Hall breaks down the season opener. Well, Coach, the Bobcats hanging tough with Amherst, had a halftime lead, ended up falling by a couple touchdowns. Really the difference, we talked off-air, turnover battle, right? You got some guys walking around with the ball on campus this week. <laughs> you know, we, we thought about that. Yeah. I, I think that would have made too much of a fuss in the class. Um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, when you turn the ball over, it, it's already hard to win, but it makes winning even more difficult because uh, turnovers can be stifling to the defense and it can charge our offense. And so uh, both turnovers, unfortunately, you know, looking at it became the big money balls up top, um, the double moves. Um, you know, we could have done a better job in the play call to kind of get the corners off and let's see if they can kind of put a few drives together. The way our run defense was playing, that probably should have been the play. We didn't have to be as aggressive on the outside. Um, but again, the, the thought process was to take it to Amherst and to force their errors, not to let them make a mistake. Um, and, and I'm not saying there's wrong in either approach. That's just the approach that we decided to go with. And um, I think at the end of the day, when you're playing a championship caliber team, you, can, you cannot make mental errors such as uh, personal foul penalties, um, which resulted in one of mm. one of the touchdowns um, and four turnovers. You know, I thought the defense uh, played with a great a great bit of juice. Um, I think they poured into each other throughout the game. You know, coming out of a kick return, a fumble, and you're on the ten. You know. If you look at our history from a year ago, you probably could find that play in any random game. But the result of that turnover on the kick return was probably a touchdown. Right. The result of this one was a field goal. Um, so there was growth um, immediately. Unfortunately, some of the same mistakes that you, you want to stay away from, such as, um, you know, poor ball security, our defense did not tank it they did not go in the jar uh, you know we we have a phone on our sideline and at any given time that phone can ring we have to pick it up mm -hmm. and so when the turnover happened that was a ring ring moment yeah and those guys picked the phone up so for sure um obviously you always talk to the team right after the game uh, what was your major message immediately following the game um that we cannot let Amherst beat us twice like that's a tough loss. The expectation of that game was to win, not to be close, right. not to be in the fourth. A year ago, it was let's get the games in the fourth quarters and find out what kind of team we have. We know more about our team as a coaching staff. Our team knows more about our team as individuals and how to play for the B. So the disappointment was we were not trying to get the game in the fourth quarter. We were trying to win the game. Mm -hmm. And, and though that may sound very similar in terms of a goal, um, the details in that is what makes it different. Um, knowing enough, believing in our, each other. Um, year one, you're trying to create a foundation of all of those things. Um, and year two, this was a matter of let's go win. And the disappointment at the end, not winning, you know, we took three deep breaths. And um, and got Amherst out of our system before we left our locker room, uh -huh. um, including myself. So, in terms of you know guys who stood out for you, you know first game action for a lot of first years, and first game action for a number of you know people who are sophomores and even sometimes juniors. What were some major takeaways from some of the younger guys? Um, you know, we focused on this off season getting up and getting up requires you, is between you and you, whether you have to get up emotionally, whether you have to get up physically, whether you have to get up 
with your focus. Um, each player has to define that for themselves. Um, in our first years, it was really more getting up mentally mm -hmm. and not letting the mistake put them in the jar where they didn't play fast. And, you know, you look at uh, Hooks, 55, who played extremely fast for a first year, um, had a critical third down stop on a scramble when he and um, Thomas, uh, Tom Formas. Um, so, you know, add into a middle linebacker being a first year, and then you add into some of the guys who this was their first year playing right. or first year starting, you know, Owen Straley, a.k.a. Old Dog, like he – this is his first start. Yeah. You know, so even though he played last year, he's starting this year. Um, Jose, a.k.a. Gator, who played half the reps of the game. This is his first live action. He got a pick, right? Yes. Yeah. And, yes. And he got that pick after giving up the touchdown. Uh -huh. And so he had to physically and emotionally uh -huh. get up. Um, and then Nolan Potter, who's a running back slash linebacker by trade, playing defensive end. And so we have a unique – we have a lot of firsts. Yeah. Right? And in that first, we got first year playing, first year – college students playing. We have first-year positional players. We have first-year starter players. Yeah. So in that first, the message in the pregame was to have them remind, them remind them that the theme of our season is our harvest. And one of the things that we want to do with our harvest is to be able to give our first to each other. Yeah. Right? So though this is my first start, I'm giving it to the B. Yeah. It's not about me getting my first start. Though I'm a first year, and I may not know everything about Amherst or the history, what I know is I'm going to give my first snap to the B. And so it was about giving your first for the harvest. And, um, you know, on, on receiver, you know, Muhammad Dawar mm -hmm. getting his first start. Yeah. I think he had a reception, um, you know, we had a lot of firsts. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Stevens, yeah. he played tight end a year ago. Right. He's playing nose tackle for us this year. So, and, and when you say first years, we had a lot of firsts. And so our pregame message in that first is to give your first to the harvest. Yeah. The harvest is the B. Now, uh, after after halftime, you guys had a lead at halftime. Do you notice Amherst make any adjustments um, on both sides of the ball, or how did that second half kind of go? Obviously, the turnovers were a big factor, but elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think Amherst uh, got into a little bit of a four-minute drill. Mm. Uh, I think they wanted to pick their tempo up, um, try to get us on our heels a little bit. Defensively, I, I think they made some hay on that, but not enough for me to feel like we unraveled. Um, at the end of the day, those turnovers, you don't have those turnovers, you have a different outcome in this game potentially. It certainly is going to end in a different fashion. Mm -hmm. And though that ended as as last play, as last play could be for four turnovers, and for that matter, for two of the turnovers to be third, fourth quarter, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's hard to come back from when you're playing a championship caliber team such as Amherst. Seems like the Netscack wide open this year. Trinity lost in the week in the uh, in their opener. You guys were right there with Amherst, a team that only lost to Trinity last season. So, what are, what are your thoughts on the, how the the Netscack is setting up this season so far? I, I think with time, everyone can close a gap. Yeah, and I think Trinity and Amherst have had that spot for a good about a good amount of time. Um. And when you look at the dynamics of the league in terms of new coaches, um, whether it be Bowden, obviously Bates, Kobe, yeah. you know, Williams is only three years removed. You know, Wesleyan is four removed. Like, you know, if you look at the 10-year coaches of the league, half of the league is relatively new, and the other half has a, a stability, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I'm not shocked that the gap is closing. You know, out of the out of every team, half of the league lost their starting quarterbacks a year ago. Um, so, look, you know, 
I think if everyone does their job, it should be an upside-down kind of kingdom when you look at it because we're looking to close the gap, definitely. I know Kobe's looking to close the gap. I know Bowden's looking to close the gap. Williams, who lost to Middlebury, they've closed the gap, and now it seems like their gap is opening maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but, again, if the season was – one game, I think we all would be kind of like, oh, no. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it, it's 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 a little bit more than that, than yeah. opening day. That rust, that um, timing, um, all of that plays a factor. The second game will be the, the telltale yeah. on the league because now the second loss starts to put those teams further away from yeah. the conversation. Um, but even then, you can lose two in there and run the table. Right. I was going to say, like, week one to week two, you hear this from college football coaches all the time. That's huge because, in theory, your biggest improvement should take place between the first two weeks. Do you do you buy into that? Absolutely, yeah. You, you think about the first game jitters. Yeah. I mean, listen, your first test in college, you're probably sweating, yeah. sweating bullets. Your underarms right. are dripping wet. <laughs> your feet are soaking. Your hands are sweaty. You can't hold the pencil. Yeah. This is your first opportunity to see if you can handle college academics. And same is true for athletics. I think when you add a physical element into that with a mental element, I think it's even more challenging because you still have that same nerve and, and so sweaty hands doesn't help to catch a football. Right. Um, you know, uh, a rambling mind doesn't help focus. Yeah. And now you're combining some physical movement in that. It's, it's, a, it's a major challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and for our guys, that was a challenge. From Tyler Bridge, his first two punts were shanks. Mm, and then he got into it. And then he booms it. Yeah. It, the speed of the game and the acclimation of the game is not always an athletic piece. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a chemistry piece and a nerve piece. And I, I spoke to our guys in our in our uh, pregame uh, meal, is that nerve in your belly, like that's your body chemically responding to your readiness and your preparation. And because I'm not a biology major, <laughs> I can't really describe it other than if you don't have that feeling, you didn't work hard enough. If you don't have mm -hmm. that feeling, you didn't prepare well enough. If you don't have that feeling, this might not be important to you. And so anything that you have that's important that you work at, you have that feeling. Yeah. How to harness it is what keeps you to get out of that feeling faster. And that's what we talked about. We do a lot of breathing exercises to kind of get those nerves out. But nothing gets it out more than actually getting it out through the action of the game. What are your thoughts on how Costa played? You had a touchdown pass. You had a touchdown run. You rotated Bryant in occasionally. Uh, what's behind that strategy also? I think the big picture is to, one, never go into a game where JB is cold. Mm. Second, we do not have to put all of the pressure on BC every series. Right. It's something to be said to take a step back and see it, take a deep breath, see it, take a mental break and see it, and then go back out and get back involved. Um, it services two points. It lets us know, it lets us know where Jackie is. It also lets Jackie know that we still believe in him. Mm -hmm. It also prepares Jackie that if something happens to our one, it's not, it's not cold water. Yeah. Um, the other deal, too, that we I, – I, I will say, look, he's thrown more passes. I think it was a 38 – he threw 38 passes, which I, I'm almost yep. – more in his career. That's the most he's thrown in his career. Yeah. I think 22 completions. 23, and, but, yeah, right there. Okay, so yeah. now maybe not 300 yards passing, but we showed his accuracy. Mm -hmm. We showed that he can do it. And more importantly for our offense, the belief in – like we can we can throw this thing all over the lot. Yeah, do it thirty eight times, and we didn't even hit them vertically when we had them. Mm -hmm. And so I think it builds into, hey, I can do it. Believe if you believe in it, it will work. Yeah, right. And the proof is in the pudding. You did it. Right. You threw it thirty eight times, bro. Yeah. 
38 times, and you only threw one turnover, mm-hmm. and you eliminate the turnover, you 38 for 22 with one run, one pass touchdown. Right. I think you're probably in the week, weekly voting mm-hmm. if we win this game. Right. Um, I think if he bit, hits his two vertical balls, he is at 300 yards. Right. Um, and, again, now it's a, t- a two-possession game advantage Bobcats. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that growth, like if we can grow and you can see that development in game two and we continue to grow, I think we'll like what the Bobcat posse has this year to bring. Well, speaking of game two, Middlebury, home game, home opener, that's got to be obviously exciting. Your initial thoughts on the matchup with the Panthers? Our approach as a staff and what our players is, listen, Middlebury is our opponent. Yeah. And whatever they do, they're going to do well. Can we do what we do well? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, they have a running back who's 5'9", 210, bowling ball. He'll be hard to tackle. Um, I, I really I really take the approach like Game of Thrones, the many face gods, if you will. Like we got nine opponents. Yeah. Whatever faces they have, we'll find out. But to put so much stock into them – and their personnel, it suggests that we're not putting it into ours. Mm-hmm. Um, so the quarterback, we have to defend them. They do like to throw the ball, and they have a dynamic tight end mm-hmm. who I think is all conference returner. So if we take care of those three guys and what I equate to be their strength, um, I think we'll have a shot. Um, but no more different than a week ago where you have a quarterback, tailback, and a good receiver. And so let's say that that's the premise of every week. Yeah. So then it truly becomes less about who we play and more about the mistakes we can't make, the margin of error as the game goes on in the fourth quarter, that margin of error shrinks. All right, Malik Hall, thanks so much for joining us on the fifth quarter on the Bobcast. Appreciate it. And again, it's a great day to be a Bobcast. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap the football team's home opener against Middlebury and look back at the first two NESCAC matches of the year for volleyball. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates.